Hello, and welcome to the podcast of the Central Church of God, located at 5120 Central Avenue, Portage, Indiana. Here, you can listen to Sunday service by Pastor Robert Sluter. If you have questions, prayer requests, or want more information about our church, please feel free to contact Pastor Robert at 219-963-8496. into that right now. We worship you. Hallelujah. I am not alone. Take comfort in that right now. He's my comfort. Always holds me close. We worship you. Hallelujah. Just Give him praise for that right now. We worship you, Lord. Hallelujah. We worship you, Lord. You never leave us. You never forsake us, oh God. Hallelujah. You're our great comforter. We worship you, Lord. Blessed be your name. Somebody's watching online right now. You need to hear those words. We worship you. Hallelujah. I am not alone. He's my 
knowledge of your hands raised toward heaven. Can you just give him a wave offering of praise? We worship you, Lord. I am not alone. We worship you, Lord. You're always walking beside us. Oh, God, you're walking with us through the storms and through the valleys. You're always there with us. We worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Thank you, praise team, for leading us in worship this morning. You may be seated today. Hope you were able to grab a, an outline this morning to, to fill out. And as always, kind of how that, how that works is uh, the top right-hand corner of the screen, you'll see a thought, and that'll be in your fill-in-the-blanks there. Today, I want to talk about this thought of renewing our faith in His providence. Go ahead and say it with me. Renewing our faith in His providence. And we'll get into breaking down of that word providence, but I just want to let you know that God is in control. Amen? And uh, we thank you, Lord, for guiding us, for leading us, for leading our steps. The idea of this message is to connect with our theme that, we, that you see when you first come into the foyer. You'll see it up uh, in our, uh, above the doors there about connecting together. And we're connecting what the Lord spoke to us last year to what He's speaking into us at the beginning and throughout this year. And if you have been with us uh, over the last year, you saw the journey the Lord took us through, through the book of Nehemiah. It took the whole year uh, to get through that book. We threw in some other messages along the side, uh, uh, along with that. But he gave us this theme of renewing, or I'm sorry, uh, returning, refining, and rebuilding. Let me say that right. Returning, refining, and rebuilding. And this year, I believe the Lord added on to that this idea of renewing. And so last year was R3N23. This year, we have this kind of breakdown of r 4 in 24, and I believe that God has given us this word of renewing, and uh, Sister Nett did such a great job last week uh, incorporating that into the message being led by the Holy Spirit, but I want us to hold on to that and connect this year's puzzle piece with last year's puzzle piece. How many knows that the puzzle is not done yet, and, uh, and God keeps giving us a piece year by year to put into place, and there's a beautiful picture that he has planned, amen? And this is not one of those crazy puzzles that has pictures on both sides. Anybody ever seen one of those? I don't even know who would buy one of those. I don't even know who created one of those. They've got to be crazy, uh, but there's some crazy puzzles there. But there's a satisfaction. Anybody ever put a puzzle together? Yeah. It gets frustrating if you lose that one piece, right? Because the picture is not, not, it's not complete. And I want to let you know there's some puzzle pieces, people that God is bringing in to fill in some places to make the picture complete. And we're praying for that, but we're believing in that. And we're aggravated until we get those pieces because uh, it's like the picture's not done yet. Uh, but I want to know that God is working on us. And, and I just want to take that metaphor just a little bit farther. Uh, before you got started, you were just a real square, just nothing. But God began to shape you and form you and, and cut some different places out on you, not just for yourself, but to make you fit with somebody else. Uh, and he puts the two of you together. And sometimes it's a couple. Sometimes there's a person involved in a church. But he begins to put us together to complete the picture that he has for the season. How many knows when you put a puzzle together, usually you take it apart, put it back in a box, and get another one out because there's something about being on active mode, right? To not just like, oh, that was good. I want to keep on moving forward. And that's this call that God's given us to keep on the journey together. So let's grab our Bibles. Are you ready? Let's say the declaration of the word uh, today. 
I believe this is the Word of God. I believe it's fully the Word of God in both the Old Testament and the New Testament. I'm ready to receive from God's Word today. I'm alert, I'm listening, and I'm hungry. Lord, open my ears to hear and my heart to receive in Jesus' name. Amen. Sounding good today. Amen. So our goal today in this message is to connect together through this message, some things that the Lord has already been speaking to us over the last year in 2023. So I want you to keep that in mind that God is a, a God of providence. I'll break that down in just a moment. He has a plan for us. He has a path for us. And so these are not just random messages of like, hey, let's just pick a topic and, and see what we can preach on that. That's okay to do at, at times, but I believe that God has us on a journey. And it's amazing how he keeps bringing confirmation. And I'll even share some of the confirmations today of how I know that we're on the right path and listening to the voice of God through the messages. So I want to connect this to our mission, not the whole mission statement. You see also the new banner that's in, uh, in the foyer on your way out. But our mission, part of it, the first part is it is to connect people to God. Everybody say that, to connect people to God. I'll go ahead and finish the rest. And to the family of God, to be known, noticed, and loved. I want you to ha have all that, but I want you to focus today on this first part, to connect people to God. People need to understand the power of God's providence. Someone say that with me. People need to understand the, par the power of God's providence. So let's, let's break this down a little bit. The word providence is one of those words which do not occur in the Bible, but nevertheless truly represents the biblical doctrine. So if you look up the word providence, you're not going to see it, but you're going to see the principles there. The doctrine of providence tells us that the world and our lives are not ruled by chance or by faith, but by God, who lays bare his purpose of his providence in the incarnation of his son, Jesus Christ. It, it doesn't mean that God puts you on a string and controls everything that you do, but he has a plan and a purpose for your life. He's in control of all things. Amen. How many can stand up and say, I believe that? Uh, we say we believe in the word of God, but we also believe in the providence. That's why we want to renew our faith. Remember, we talked about the word renewing. I won't break all that down again, uh, but renewing is to continue on with what we believe. How many is going to continue on renewing, saying, I believe in the providence of God. I believe that he is in ultimate control and he has a plan and purpose for my life. So here's an easy uh, equation for you. Providence equals God's purpose. Look at that. If you'll flip the screen there. Providence equals, next screen, there you go. Providence equals God's purpose. And what we've been saying here, God has a plan. So that's what I want to break down for you this morning. So in the providence of God, as we Go to the book of Isaiah chapter 40. If you were here last week, you're like, that sounds kind of familiar. So let me just break down the providence of God of how he orders our steps and is in control. I did not coordinate with Sister Nett the message I was going to preach this week because I was going to preach this week, this message, two weeks ago. I was going to preach it a couple weeks ago, but what happened, well, I was going to preach it on the, on the first uh, Sunday of January. But guess what happened? You guys didn't show up for whatever reason. Uh, the, the weather got bad. Our snow didn't get plowed. That was the main reason. It was cold. And so the Lord that morning directed me to go ahead and, and hold this off, preach something else. I think it turned out to be a pretty good message on the fly. And, and so the Lord helped us with on, on that. And then I had uh, this message prepared, but I didn't get to preach it. And so, well, I'm sorry, that was the second week of, of January. I, I, I'm, I'm thrown off again. 
But last week I already had prepared for Annette to, to share the word, not telling her what I was going to preach on, and she got into this passage. And so I was sort of thinking, Lord, you're, you're good. You had me wait. I was frustrated because I was like, I put a lot of work in that message, and, and then I had to put it on pause. But God always has a, a reason for why. Amen? And I believe that he has this word for us today. So in his providence, he held us off to hear this message this morning. But I also want to put in an important thought here of what God is doing in our midst about the message series that he has had us in. So this is not just a random, you know, you've missed a few weeks, you come in and like, oh, it's no big deal. No, God has got us on a path. Every message is important. And so I encourage you, if you're not able to be here for whatever reason that is, Go back. We have the media available in so many different methods. You can go back on our website or our mobile app, our YouTube channel. Go back and, and, and listen to what God is saying because there's a purpose. Not because I'm preaching it. It's because God has a plan. And these are not just random messages out in the, in the whim. This is something ordained by God because I'm listening to him every time I come to the pulpit. And I say that humbly. And so I want us now to get into Isaiah chapter 40. And I think you'll be... Uh, encouraged today and amazed how this even connects with what we've been preaching on in Nehemiah. So let's just go into Isaiah chapter 40. Let me break down just a little bit for you. Isaiah chapter uh, 1 through 39 is, is the prophet Isaiah talking to the people of Israel like this is going to happen about their fall because of their disobedience. Remember this, this connects with Nehemiah, right? Because Nehemiah is rebuilding the wall after they've been released from that Babylonian uh, captivity. And so this is proclaiming that, uh, standing before that. And so uh, we have Isaiah 1 through 39 talking about to the people in Jerusalem what's going to happen. In Isaiah chapter 40 through the, through the rest, it's more on the focus of this is what's going to happen to you in Babylon. Okay, does that make sense? Before they were talking about like, this is going to happen. You're going to be taken into captivity. Uh, you better, if you don't change, and that's the whole message, if you don't change. Someone needs to say it. If you don't change. How many knows that God's plan was for them to change way before he took them into captivity? It wasn't his plan for them to be captive and, and have the city destroyed. It was his plan for them to follow him. And it's his plan for us to follow him today. Not to get bombarded by the culture of this world and being, and being led by them, but we are being led by the word of God. And that, that verse in Romans chapter 12, one and two, you picked on that again, and I've been preaching on that. We're going to hear that throughout this year because God wants us not to be, con be uh, conformed to the image of this world, but be transformed by what? The renewing of our mind. I'm not going to let culture dictate my morals. I, I'm not going to let culture de determine how I'm following God. So I'm going to pick on Brother Louise and his family, and, and you shared this, but this is timely. And I, and I appreciate these young boys. These, these boys up here are athletes. They like to play basketball. They've got a game today. They're praying I don't preach too long because the rule is we don't leave until church is over. We may be late for the game, but God, not church, so it's not church first, God's first. But how many knows that church is a part of that following God? And so they made a, they made a covenant together. And in fact, uh, Brother Louise was bragging on his boys because they're so good, they, they want to be able to enjoy a travel team. And, and so after they already been doing this for a while, he gave them this option. He goes, listen, if we join the travel team, you'll have to miss some Sundays. You'll have to miss some church. And they're like, no, we don't want to do that. 
because it's instilled to them it's important to be in the house of the Lord. This is where I'm growing. This is where I connect with God. So I commend them. And I encourage, this is not to make anybody feel bad, but it's time for our parents to pick up the, the torch again and teach our children that God is first. And, and God will take care of us if we keep putting him first. In fact, I think Jesus said this in his, uh, his, uh, his talking about prayer. But seek ye the kingdom of God and all his, and then all these things. Everybody wants all these things without seeking first. God, we, we commit right now. We want to seek you first. All right, so let's get into Isaiah chapter 40. I won't stay long in this one. I want to get into chapter 41. But here's this message that Isaiah now speaking to them like as if they were in captivity. Of course, this was before they went there, but he's given the words that while you're in this captivity, God has not, for, God has not forgotten you. He still has a plan so I want us to think about this, renewing our faith in God's power to renew our strength. How many knows that Israel was, they felt defeated and they felt weak when they were taken into captivity? But God is able to renew their strength. He did, and he wants to renew ours. And so just as they were getting the message ahead of time, I believe he's giving a message to us, to this church, not just this church, but to the global church. Hang on, I'm going to renew your strength in these last days. And, and I've said it before, I'm praying for that season of salvation because the strength of the church is strong and mighty in God, and it's in strong and mighty in Jesus Christ, and it's a strong a pulling down strongholds, right? To, because our strength is not in ourselves. Our strength is in the Lord. So here's the question. Have you not known? Have you not heard the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. I want to go ahead and pause right here that Sister Nett and I, were not in competition about preaching this message. There's so, there's so many things you can pull out. I'm going a little bit different direction, but I want you to hear this. He is, his understanding is unsearchable, meaning that we need to understand how much we need to renew our faith in his providence, his understanding of all that is happening and that he is able to control all things. Nothing takes God by surprise. Verse 29, and he gives power to the weak. And to those who have no might, he increases strength. He's talking to a people that are held in captivity. They felt broken and beaten down and, and despaired. But God says, I'm not going to leave you there. I'm going to renew your strength. He says, even the youth shall faint and be weary. I wish I had the energy like I did when I was those guys' age. Some of you, a lot of people in this room are like, amen. I do have to say, though, I, I had to muster up all my energy at youth camp this past summer. Liam was watching. He's my witness, right? You're a witness. So you can talk to him after church. I didn't pay him for this, but I got wore out. But there was a teenager that thought they could beat me in basketball. He was taller than me. He was faster than me, but he wasn't stronger than me. And he wasn't as smart as me in basketball. And I beat him twice. He was kept a score. But, uh, but that's a side note. That's a side note. But he gives, he gives strength to the weak. He increases the strength. Listen, you know this verse. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men will utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord. Isaiah is talking to those who are in captivity. You were taken away because your, your disbelief and your unfaithfulness to me. But if you will call on my name again and you'll hold on, I will bring you out of this, and I will renew your strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. 
They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Now, a lot of us, we just stop right there, but I want you to go into the next chapter with me. Still under this thought of renewing our faith in God's power to renew our strength. How many needs a little bit of that right now? God, you're able. You are able. So the, Isaiah keeps on. Keep silence before me, O coastlands. He, he's talking to the culture around, to the cities where they're at. Keep silence of your negativity of what, that what we've been through, that we're held captive. But let the people renew their strength. Let them come near. Then let them speak. Let us come near together for judgment. God is going to bring them together, but he wants to judge them righteous. Amen. He wants to judge us righteous if we keep calling on his name. Verse 2, listen to this thought. Renewing our faith in God's power to raise up leaders. And I think you're going to really enjoy what the Lord is showing us here in this passage. Look at this question. Who raised up one from the east? Who in righteousness called him to his feet? Who gave the nations before him and made him rule over kings? Who gave them as the dust to, the sword, to his sword and a driven stubble to his bow? Who pursued them and passed safely by the way that he had not gone with his feet? I want to unpack this verse for you, and I want to pull it out of a commentary, and I want you to look at this thought now of connecting this together. And remember Nehemiah last year. Listen to this before I unpack some things. God presents his control over human history as evidence of his incomparability and his sovereignty. Speaking from the perspective of the future exile, he points to Cyrus, the Persian, called here, one from the east. You've got to catch this. In this book of Isaiah, when he's saying one from the east, he's referring to Cyrus. Cyrus wasn't in power yet. Cyrus hadn't defeated the Babylonians yet. But God, who is providence, who is sovereign, who sees all things, all-knowing, already knew that Cyrus was going to defeat. But who raised up Cyrus? That was the question before. Who raised him up? God says, I'm the one that raised him up. I raised him up. He's the one from the east. Listen. And he decreed through Isaiah, the Lord raised up Cyrus, his servant, and allowed him to conquer kings. We saw in verse 2 and 3. It's, it was God who raised up Cyrus. And you know the story that we've been looking at in Nehemiah, how they went back to rebuild the walls, right? But they were in captivity. And about 90 years before they rebuilt the walls, they had favor with God. Zerubbabel had favor with Cyrus to, to have some to go back to the homeland of Jerusalem. You remember what happened? The people of God were disobedient and they were unfaithful. So God allowed the two kingdoms, the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom, to be destroyed. And all were taken in. And the ones that were in, the, in Babylonian captivity, they began to make their homes there. They began to make their lives there. But they, weren't, they still weren't free. And God wants his people to be free. Go ahead and say it with me. God wants his people to be free. He had a plan for them to be free. But it took them to come back on the, and call on the name of the Lord. And as we walk through the book of Nehemiah, you saw how they begin to respond to the reading of the word. How they begin to respond to, to the power of the word. They begin to weep. But God said through Nehemiah, he says, don't, don't cry. 
But the joy of the Lord, how many needs that right now? But the joy of the Lord is your strength. I'm restoring you. And those that wait on the name of the Lord, they will renew their strength. Amen? So Nehemiah is still connected to what we're preaching here in Isaiah because Isaiah was prophesying what was going to take place, what was going to happen. And Nehemiah was there to, at the end to rebuild the walls and restore what God had for the people there. That they'll call on the name of the Lord again because God was sovereign. And in his providence, he raised up a, a king called Cyrus that would lead a, and conquer the Babylonians. And, and then the people of Israel were taken out of Babylonian exile and they were put under the Persian reign. God had that all under his control. So he raises up leaders at the right time. I have to trust in the same God that helped the people of Israel then to help us now. And a lot of times we look at the Bible, and we just look at it through the filter of being American. But there's leaders all around the world, right? Amen. And so we have to trust God that he knows who he brings into power for whatever reason it may be. God is in ultimate control. And so no matter how this election season goes, and we're not going to get real political right now, but we've got to pray, God, help us. But at the end of the day, God is never surprised and he always has a plan and a purpose for what's happening. But I do know one responsibility as the people of God. We've got to be found praying to him. It could be that some elections in our past over the history of the United States didn't go the way that it should have went because the people weren't praying. So God allows some things to happen. But God listens to the hearts of those who pray. Lord, we pray for our country right now. That we declare we're one nation under God, but Lord, we're not one nation under God. Many are saying that we're one nation under many gods. Lord, I pray, help us get back to this truth of your word and back to the foundation of the founding of our country. As I said a couple weeks ago, my wife and I went to Washington, D.C. You'd be amazed of how many places have the word of God inscripted there because that was the foundation. It's time to take our country back. Amen. I've got to brag on, a, on a, a pastor right now. You've seen him a little bit. His name is Travis Johnson. He's the one that, uh, who's over the bio tree, changed the life, him and his wife. And he is so strong. He's in a, he's in a, uh, a small city called Mobile, Alabama. How do you know that's not small? And their city has a visiting board. And their visiting board was allowing a group to come in under taxpayer dollars to have a drag queen show that was going to, that was going to be focused on kids. And Travis Johnson and, and some other pastors in the area went to the mayor. Said, this is not right. You can't use our dollars to do this. This is immoral. You're, you're impacting and infecting our children. And after they laid out their case, the mayor apologized. And that event got taken off the schedule. And the person that was in charge in that, on that board ended up having to resign. I think they let him go. And guess now who's on the board? <laughs> Pastor Travis Johnson, like he needs anything else to do. But now he's in a city of Mobile on a board that's saying, we're going to make sure the good things come. They have like a $2 million budget. And God found favor because he said, I'm going to make a stand right now that I'm not going to waver to the culture. I'm going to stand up and fight. And that's what we believe in right now unashamedly, we declare the word of the Lord. We're going to speak it in love, but we're going to speak truth because truth brings conviction and, and truth brings repentance. You can't repent until you're exposed to truth. 
You don't know what you're repenting of until you know. And the Holy Spirit wants to convict the hearts. And, and conviction's not a hard word. It's a word that brings change to our lives, and it brings change to the unbeliever. So we've got to stand on the word of God here. Yes, he was attacked. There were some legal lawsuits that begin to take place, and a lot of times pastors are, are afraid to get into the muck because they don't want the mess. Right now, I don't care. Lord, we're standing right now on your word. Lord, give us a bigger voice in this community. That they know what we stand for. I'm a part of the Faith Action Network, and, and we, we have a part of the National Day of Prayer and things like that. But I want it to be known that we are pro-life. Uh, and I liked what it was said. It's not that we're anti-abortion. We are, but listen, we are pro-life. So everything else doesn't line up with that. So they try to put us in that you're just anti. No, we're not anti. We are pro. We are for life because God gave us life. And it's not popular. In fact, I even said it two weeks ago. I posted that and somebody challenged us. And I said, we're going to stand on the word of God. We're not going to waver it because we're going to speak it in love, but we're going to speak the truth. Because look at the history of Israel. we got to always tie it back to the Word. The people of Israel weren't faithful to the Word of God. They started doing what they want to do. They allowed culture to seep in. They began to worship idols. We're going somewhere here in a moment. They started worshiping idols, and because of that, they were taken captive. I don't want to be taken captive. I don't want America to be taken captive. It feels like we're under a line of bondage. We're going to declare right now, set us free, O Lord. This is not even the notes. I guess because we got some guests, I got worked up. I don't know. Verse 4. Renewing our faith in God's sovereignty over all time. How many knows that he's over all time? Who has performed and done it, calling the generations from the beginning? I, the Lord, am the first, and with the last, I am he. Again, remember... God's shown his providence by even declaring, I'm raising up a king, Cyrus. He didn't name him by name, but he says, I'm raising up a king in the east. He's in control of all things. Way before that happened, the coastlands salted in fear. The ends of the earth were afraid. They drew near and came. Everyone helped his neighbor and said to his brother, be of good courage. Now, I want you to be careful as you read this. Now, I could actually put this under the title of the next heading, but I left it here. It says that be of good cheer. Everybody's helping. And that sounds like a good thing, right? Hold on. This here is not a good thing. Look at the, the next verse. This is renewing our faith in God's superiority over, over idols. This is what he says. So the craftsman encouraged a goldsmith who he smoothed with the hammer, inspired him who strikes the anvil, saying, it is ready for the soldering. Then he fastened it with pegs that it may not totter. Here's what's happening. The people of Israel, the reason why they were taken in captivity, because they took away their faith in God and they started allowing the worship of idols to come in. False worship. And so when things begin to go wrong, they started to build more idols trying to put their faith in it versus faith in God. So God is challenging them right here. He, if you go back to verse 5, it says the, the coastlands saw it and they feared. And because of their fear, they saw the end was near, they started to encourage one another, hey, let's make some idols that we can begin to worship. So the craftsmen got together, the goldsmith, and, and they begin to hammer these things out. But look at this. They, as they put it together, they had to put it 
and fasten with pegs so it wouldn't, what? Fall over. Can I tell you, you have a, we serve a God that doesn't fall over. He neither sleeps nor slumbers. He's always awake and he's always seen what's going on. He doesn't have to be held up, propped up, or stood up. He is the one that's in control. That is who we serve, the all-knowing, all-powerful God. Verse 8. Still, we need to renew our faith in God's sovereignty over idols. I declare, God, you're greater than anything. And you're like, well, we don't have idols. Yes, you do. I'm talking about this world. I'm not saying maybe you don't in here. But listen, people make idols out of things. Amen. Sports is one of those idols that became before God. Leisure became an idol. Work can be an idol. We've got to make sure we put God first. So here, verse 7, I wanted to read it again in New Living Translation. He says, the carver encouraged the goldsmith. And the molder helps at the anvil. Good, they say, it's coming along fine. Carefully they join the parts together. Then they fasten the things in a place so it won't fall over. Yeah, someone already laughed right there. We don't have a God that falls over. Amen. This is where they were putting their trust. No wonder God allowed them to be taken captive. Because they didn't know how to put their trust in God. We need to put our faith and trust in Him no matter what. No matter what. So let's do the Bible. Are you ready? So this week, read Isaiah chapter 41, 1 through 7. And I want you to also read 1 Corinthians 12, 1 through 11. Now I have to pause there before I read this because this is again under God's sovereignty and His providence. When we had our prayer week, the, the, the second week of January, when we came in for that prayer week, one of the nights... The Lord led us to do an hour of solitude and silence, and the passage he put on my heart before this message was developed. So I'm giving you a timeline. I, I, I had this message then after that, that prayer meeting, putting it together. Go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 12 because of what these verses were talking about in Isaiah, about making these idols. So I'm praying to the Lord, what direction? Because I don't want to just pick on a passage, but it was interesting that before I knew I was going to preach this, the Lord had us pray over 1 Corinthians chapter 12 that one night. And some of you were here that night, and we prayed for that hour, and, and we began to talk about it and unpack it. So I give this to you right now. Make this a prayer. Lord, I humble myself to your providence. You are the almighty, all-knowing, all-powerful God. I will not create or bow to any idols of our time, but I will yield to the Holy Spirit and desire the spiritual gifts that you do not want me to be ignorant of having. I'll let you write that down. I'm going to read it one more time before we get into these verses. And if you're able to read it with me, say it. Lord, I humble myself to your providence. You are the almighty, all-knowing, all-powerful God. I will not create or bow down to any idols of our time. But I will yield to the Holy Spirit and desire the spiritual gifts that you do not want me to be ignorant of having. Now, I know people don't like to be called ignorant. I didn't make up this word. Let me show you where I got it. Go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Here's what Paul says. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, say it with me. I do not want you to be ignorant. He's saying, I don't want you to have a misunderstanding about this. You know that you were Gentiles carried away to what? To these dumb 
idols, however you were led. Now, I know he was talking to the Gentiles, but we connect this to the message of the Old Testament because the people of Israel were also led to dumb idols. They allowed it to corrupt them, allowed them to be separated from what God truly intended for them, to be taken into captivity. But this is not the end of the story. That's why we keep relying and going back to it, but to say there was hope because God delivered them. He set them free, and that's the hope we have. The same God that they serve, the same God we serve right now. And if we call on the name of the Lord, if we call on his most holy name, not just pleading, God, I need this, I need that, and do this or do that. No, we humble ourselves before him. Romans 12, we present ourselves before you as a living sacrifice. This is our reasonable service. These are the things that we need to do. Let me read these verses. Therefore, verse 3, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus a curse, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are diversity of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but the same God who works all in all. I want us to get excited about what Lord is about to do. He wants to pour out his spirit afresh, anew, renewing here. How many could you use a renewing of the touch of the Lord? Renewing a continuation or picking up where there's been a pause. God, we're open for the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We prayed about it during our prayer week. You've led us there, that you want your spirit to move alive in here, and that you want the gifts of the Spirit to be active here, to minister to the body of Christ. Are you ready to hear them? But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one to profit for all, not just for an individual, but for the whole body of Christ. Uh, For one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. There's some times you walk into this place, uh, you're down, you're depleted, you're all broken up, and, and you don't know what to do, but because of your faithfulness, you come into the house of the Lord, and you come in, even though you may have your head down, you're saying, I'm going to to be determined, I'm going to worship anyway. I'm going to lift up my hands. I'm going to lift up my voice. In the middle of that, you may come around the altar. The altar is always open. It may be after the end of the message and while you're here. It may be in the middle of the song service. Someone just sneaks up beside you and says, I don't know why I'm saying this, but I think the Lord is saying this. And they begin to speak a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge. And a lot of times it happens unnaturally. What I mean is that God just moving and while you're praying for someone you're speaking in and you didn't have a pre-planned amen and that's the word of God moving we want the power of the Holy Spirit amen but it doesn't stop there those who are great but he says also to another there's going to be faith and it's by the same spirit and there's going to be another that's going to be empowered with the gift of healing how many could believe the Lord I pray send that person whether it's through pastor or somebody else that we believe in the supernatural power of healing that healing is not dead but the miracles are alive because Jesus is alive and he sent his Holy Spirit to dwell within us and empower us to minister to one another amen He gives the gifts of healing. What? By the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. Lord, we give you praise tonight or this morning. Lord, we're, we're open as our praise team begins to come back. We speak your name, Jesus. Go ahead and say his name. Your name is Jesus. 
all power is in Jesus, but we also believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, is it expedient, is it important that I go away so I can send to you another comforter? And is the comforter that empowers us with these gifts that we just read, that we just heard, and that we declare right now, Lord, let there be a renewing in my mind for the gifts of the Holy Spirit to be alive and manifested today as you begin to stand to your feet? We declare right now in this place, we love you, Lord Jesus. Lord, we're open for whatever you have for us. Lord, we're not bound by time. We're not bound by this culture. We are free in you, and we ask you, Lord, to do what you will. Have your way, oh God. So the altar's call is easy today. Anyone in this room that says, I just want a renewing in him. It doesn't mean that you've been out in sin. It doesn't mean that you're away from God. And I want to encourage you, if you're watching online, they're going to put my number on the, on the screen. If you need to reach out to me to pray with you, to talk to you about salvation, to let you know that God has a plan for your life, I'm willing to do that. Just call me, text me. I'll pray with you. But in this room right now, I believe the call is renew us. Renew us. Don't hesitate on this calling. I want renewal. I want renewal for my family. This might be your prayer. We still believe in the returning, the refining, and the rebuilding. That prodigals are coming home. There's going to be renewing in their spirit. There's going to be renewing of the outpouring. The Holy Spirit has not died. The gifts of spirit have not died. So Lord, stir up within us those sayings that you put within us to be able to minister to one another with the greatest impact that we can. And it's not based on us. It's based on Him. But we have to be the open and willing vessel. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So here's what I want to do. If you're ready to be renewed, just become up here. If you have to sit on the front row, that's fine. But just begin to come. And after just a few moments, I'm going to have our, our ministers, Sister Annette, Brother Raphael, Brother Louis, Louis, Louise, just come again to pray. But just before they begin to pray, they're going to enter in too. And I want us to lay hands on one another. Will you come? Will you make your way this way? Be ready, be renewed. God is going to do something right now.
restorations here. Break every stronghold, shine through the shadows, burn like a fire. 